Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special edition of the Eagle Eye Podcast. We are in celebration mode as we are here to talk about uh, Club America and its 105-year anniversary. And to do so, we've set up a panel of Americanistas from the Liga MX English community to dive in and talk about the greatest and biggest club in Mexican soccer. So, joining me today... As always, one of my co-hosts is none other than AJ himself. AJ, how are you? I'm um, doing good. And what a great start to my week to just be here with a bunch of amazing people in the Liga Mackey's English community. So I'm feeling really good. Definitely. It's it's practically the Met Gala of Americanismo. Let's put it that way, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and let me just let me just read off our panel here. We have none other than Fidel. Martinez himself coming from LA Times, and we have Foot Cult's very own owner, Miguel, aka Miggy Ramos, and of course, it is Foot Mex Nation's own Amelia Lopez. Amy, how are all of you doing tonight? Good. I went first. Okay, everybody else can. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just um, you know, busy with work and. Uh... I hope you guys aren't offended, but I have the Dodgers game on silent. In the, I in told the you. I said it. I said that's why he was running late. <laughs> no, honestly, that wasn't why I was running late. I was running late because, like I said earlier, I'm Mexican. So you have to. I was within the margin of error. It's not even 705. It's fair. You know, so I was early, really, by Mexican standards. So. I broke I broke traditional. I broke tradition. I was like 15 minutes early. I was like the first one here. Yeah. Ivan and I were just. He you was actually up, very surprised. He's like, somebody's going to show up early. And I was like, what? So, you set I up broke. the snacks and everything? I did. I was here two hours early, like if there were a flight, but nobody was here. So <laughs> then I had to leave and come back. No, well, look, I'm I'm excited. Uh, we're gonna have Christian hop on just a little bit. He's running a little late. He's gonna be also joining us. Uh, but look, we're here to celebrate 105 years of glory, passion, and history that America has accumulated. And um, just to start off, I I just want to go around the room, and I I want to ask every single one of you what it is about this team that made you an Americanista. So I'll start off with AJ, seeing as how you're the newest addition to all of this. Um, it just started in 2012, really, when my dad just one day just gave me a bunch of America stuff. You know, I feel like it's a tradition where where if you grow up in a family, it always feels like you're getting the American East side from your parents, really, whether it be the father or the mother. So one day just kept buying me a bunch of America stuff, whether it be like training top shirts. And then what really stood out to me was when he bought me a Christian Benitez, a Christian Chucho Benitez jersey. And I'm like, I really like this jersey. The only time I got to see him play, unfortunately, was in that final against Grusso in 2013. And just seeing that, the penalty that he scored for for America, it really just got Miguel going crazy. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, you know, I like this guy. Ain't no Messi or Ronaldo that got me into soccer. It was just one player himself that got me into being an America fan. But then just from there on out, the rest is history, really. I just get digging deep into America's history. 
my dad would just ask me questions a lot to like if you knew any display i was like i know that he's like how do you know all this stuff and like i don't and i've been more of an america fan than you and you know more than me oh i would tell him you could thank fifa 13 for that because that's how i got me <laughs> more into into <laughs> soccer in itself but yeah no just from there on out, just watching every single America game that I possibly can, just look into the history of like players where they come from, the history of the club itself, and I'm just really happy to just be an America fan and just getting to watching games with my mother and father every single time they play. Definitely, okay, that's a really good answer right there, Fidel. What 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 really made you an Americanista? Man, I feel so bad because mine is literally just two words: my dad. <laughs> you know. Um, no, I mean, I, I grew up in the, in the, my dad is Mexican, like, and he loves sports and there is no bigger love that he has than Club America. I mean, he, he basically, he's the reason why I love sports straight up, you know, because it is one of the few love languages my dad has, you know, to be able to communicate with that. And, you know, and, and the fact that the club you know, I came to love the club in the 90s. Like, basically, that was my coming of age, early 90s, my coming of age for sports. And, you know, sort of, I sort of, for the longest time, I sort of saw America the very much the same way in which I see the Dallas Cowboys. You know, these teams that signify the pain and hurt of having hopes and expectations only to be disappointed, right? And and thankfully, America finally ended their, their title drought in, in the early 2000s. But that was sort of how I became a fan, you know, just my dad. Um, yeah. All right. I like it. Well, we have Chris Rivera saying that for AJ, Chucho Lopez is the symbol of the Americanismo. My boy. <laughs> My boy. I think I think that's very much AJ stuff. Um, but uh, Mickey, what 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 was it about this club? What is it about this club that made you an Americanismo? Um, for me, it, it's similar to to what Fidel said. Just my dad, uh, at a very young age. Um, that's that's all like that's all we knew, you know. Watching America, going to watch America games back when I lived in Mexico, it was a lot easier to travel down there to to go see them and stuff. And but really, like the moment, like I grew up watching them like in the '90s too. But like the moment that for me changed, like the way I viewed the team was the 2002 final. Uh, against Necaxa, I was very fortunate to be there at the stadium with my dad at the time. And ever since that moment, like the love that I had just became an obsession and and I've been obsessed with the club ever since. And yeah, that's pretty much like my story. Like it's it's really like the only real connection that me and my father really shared. So even like we can go months not speaking to each other, but when it comes to we're in a final or America wins the title, I know he's gonna call or I'm gonna call and and I just really learned to embrace that. And, 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 you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's something that like, you can't really be taught. It's something that you're pretty much born with, I feel. And, and it's, it's, that's what, that's what really what the club means to me. It means everything. It's everything to me, really. Nice. I love it. I love it. Amy, what is it about this club? What made you be part of the Americanismo? My Mexican dad, like full, like just like everyone else. <laughs> My Mexican dad, but more particularly, I mean, if we're gonna have like like players or anything, or actually, when I was little, um, there's a there's a town here nearby us because um, I live in Hawthorne and I've always lived here most of my life uh, called Lennox, and it's essentially like Little Mexico around here in the South Bay area. And I played in the the leagues over there. I played in in the in the girls mm-hmm. league, and I my first my first like real like winning team was uh the Aguilas. So we actually had like knockoff America jerseys and stuff, you know, and that was my okay. team for like 
a good like three years, but we were actually like really good. And around that time, I think Cabañas was playing and Guatemala Blanco was playing and stuff like that. So obviously as much as Guatemala Blanco is like a, right. And a national team icon, he was, he was it for America fans too. And so um, that's really where it started. Right. And that just that like familiarity with the brand and then just, just winning and just understanding that pride with being an America fan. And, even growing up that if you will quote unquote like hatred for chivas right so you had that like rivalry that happened in that sense too and you're like this team is important and this team is not that important right but it just kind of grew and from there and then you actually start paying attention to the team and you start seeing players that are really good and they're prospering right benitez was amazing raul came from america and you're just growing that passion but for me the game that really solidified it for me was May 26, 2013. Because one, one, that's my birthday. Two, I was seven months pregnant with Jack. And it's the game itself, right? <laughs> just header coming from behind, just everything, just a perfect moment. And I watched that with my dad um in his you know in in my parents bedroom and stuff and he just kept saying like oh imagine if the goalie scores right now and and he was just so elated and he was so happy and you know I was pregnant and it just it kind of in a very cheesy way turned into that generational thing where I was like this team matters and this is what it does to us you know and that's that pride that it fills it and I think in a selfish way it's one of the winningest teams that I that I root for you know <laughs> we're consistently winning it gives us happiness in that sense um, and so, yeah, that it, it really, it does. It fills me with pride to, to go with, for this team. And even with the, with the women now, with the Liga Max Femenine, you know, with Daniel Espinosa and, and Jen Munoz has played there and all these other players that have played. Um, and when they won their first title, you just go, you know, there's, there's this pride and within the fans and everybody in the culture that just builds and, and it's super awesome to be a part of. It is, it is. And, and I think we've kind of gotten something similar all of us across the board in tonight's panel uh and i know if christian was here and the story would align in the same way and that is the fact that this has been a generational um passing for from all of us right regardless of what's been going on it's oh it's it's been something that has been passed down to us and it, it just goes to show right that this is this is something that hopefully one day we'll be able to pass along to the next generation uh but but the great thing about it is that no matter what generation you're talking to, there's always been that sense of America is and will continue to be El Mas Grande, right? Even though, Fidel, you talked about the, 90, uh, the, the 90s not being the best year for America, let's be honest. Well, they were, they were that, that's the thing. That, that was like such a good team, right? It was like, yeah. you know, when I talk about that period, it's not like they were like stinking up the joint. I mean, you had... You know, Kalusha and Biyik, and they were like such an electrifying duo. I mean, it was, it was, it was, I remember being young and watching them play and I was like, holy crap, these players are so good and this is my team, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, they didn't win for a long time and it was, despite them not winning, you know, it's not like it mattered to me at that point, you know? Oh, I, I agree. I agree. You know, it wasn't like we were, you know, relegated or anything like that. It really true, truly was the fact that it's just, you know, a lot of other things that came into consideration. But, you know, 90s, not the biggest year, uh, biggest decade for America, but still, you know, still known as one of the biggest teams uh, in Mexico or the biggest team could make the argument right there. Um, this is what I'm trying to allude to is that this is always going to be 
the biggest club because of the passion, because of the history that has kind of been embedded since way at the beginnings. You know, I, I joked around it earlier, right? When I said AJ is going to dive into the 1920s for us, but you know, it, it culminates from somewhere and, 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 and it builds up to this momentum. Um, I, I love the fact that you've all talked about a little bit, a moment of, of, of kind of that cemented that Americanismo more inside you, right? AJ, you spoke about, uh, you know, Chucho Benitez and, and that final, Amy, same, you speaking about that epic final. And I think that final will forever be ingrained in every Americanismo. And it's always hard for me to ask someone, like, all right, pick for me your best moment without picking that final. Because everyone just leans towards that final. And I'm like, all right, it, let's just focus on another one because it's always going to be up there, right? It's like, yeah. we probably won't see another final like that for another 20, 30 years. I don't think we'll have that kind of epic drama in that sense where, you know, but, you know, Miguel, I love the fact that you talked about the, and I know it's not the first time you come on the podcast and talk about it too, but that, you know, 2000, uh, 2002 final against Nekaxa, right? Another really epic one, if, if, epic. if I may yeah. add, right? Yeah. Like that is, that, that was intense. Okay. That was golden goal era. Like it was really, truly uh, a, 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 an epic final in all that sense, right? It was that backlash between the fact that it was like, oh, it's America Necaxa, so you know, I'm, at the time we owned Necaxa, so everyone just thought it yeah. was going to be an easy dub, but it wasn't that. That wasn't the case. Um, yeah, I, so I, I remember. Uh huh. Go, oh, go ahead. I remember um, we were planning on going to the final, like, like all as soon as we made we qualified to the final, like we, me and my dad started planning or whatever, and he was already getting the tickets and we we're planning how to get there and everything, and then the first leg happens. And I'm like, man, I I don't even want to go anymore, honestly. Like, and my dad was my dad was like, no, like, like you don't understand, like it's not over, like, like you're gonna wait till you see the Azteca full and 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 how much it's it's gonna have an impact of the game and everything. Like, you can't lose your hope and nothing. And there we were, halftime still zero zero, and we were there at the restaurant. And I was like, man, like I don't know, I don't I don't see how how it's gonna happen. And then I remember, like, I'm never gonna forget some guy. That was he was from Puebla, like he just drove to Mexico. He was like, No, like right now the first one's gonna once the first one comes in, like the first goal goes in, it's like it's it's gonna they're all gonna come in or whatever. And like it's something that I'm just never gonna forget. It was such an epic moment, man. It's incredible. I think with that, that's why I, I think read that, it. Oh, no, I go ahead, go ahead. No, just because <laughs> I I think it's it's those things. I feel like America for us maybe like as mexico fans too it's just one of those teams that doesn't consistently disappoint like you and our and that and we have reasonable high expectations for the team because ivan's complaining every five minutes about the team and they're sitting in first place like it's like it's the kind of thing that enjoying america does but it's because i feel like time and time again you get these moments like watch this is going to happen right you have somebody or even internally you're like watch this and it actually happens and then they end up winning like I was actually having a discussion yeah. today with somebody that was like, America could be playing like their absolute worst and somehow they're still going to qualify for Champions League. You know, and then it's like, it's just like, the, it's one of the few teams in my life as an Arsenal fan where it's like, even when they disappoint, they're, they're still okay. They're still, a t they're still a pretty good top team with talented players in there on their roster yeah. too. Well, and they've always, they've always been thrilling. I mean, I, I think like, like Miguel, I too, like for me, that to, that to me is the most more epic uh, final because it ended the drought. It ended a decades-long drought. I think the last title was, what, 
89. And I mean, we're talking about more than 10 years. Right. And so it was just sort of like a moment, like I, for me personally, it, it's, I remember very specifically where I was. We were we were in, in the living room. My friend Roger, one of my, my best friend growing up, was watching with me and my dad and my family. And then the first goal comes in. It was like, oh my God, this might actually happen. And then the second goal goes in and like my dad starts to show emotion, which if you've grown up with a Mexican dad, that is like a, yes. something is clearly mm -hmm. up, you know? And then finally the golden goal comes and he just like, burst out yelling crying laughing I, i've I've never seen them this excited about anything whether it was me graduating from college or whether it was <laughs> you know him getting grandchildren and it was it was like holy crap there's a side to my dad that i never knew existed and i am privy to that not only am i privy to this but i am a part of it you know so i just remember like he was so excited he didn't want to stay at the house at We so I grew up in 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 Hidalgo, so we crossed the border into Reynosa just to go to La Plaza, where all the fucking yeah, Americanistas were like circling La Plaza with the flags and like I remember where we ate, you know. I remember I remember exactly what I got, like the food, you know. So like these things are memories that stem from this club, you know. It's a club that is, you know, it's a it's a multi billion dollar multi million dollar, you know. I'll throw a billion in there. Fan franchise you know but yes it is it is like a capitalistic machine but it also has meaning to a lot of people you know and especially for people who live in the in the united states i mean it is a connection to to and you know i mean like you see that and see that everywhere i mean the fact that americanistas are literally across the country you know they they, they weren't born there they, they they moved there for a reason you know so i i don't know to me it's it's It really is like not to sound hyperbolic or anything, but it really is like kind of one of the most thing, like one of the more important things about my Mexicanness. You know, this this stupid club. <laughs> you know, and I call it <laughs> stupid because it's it's a one way street. It feels like it is. It is very much one way, right? This is, the saying goes: either you hate us or you love us, and mostly it's it's usually the former. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's I, the interesting. I think that's the interesting part, at least. It's kind of what Fidel is saying, being based in the in the U.S. because you know you don't know all those like weird connotations. At least I didn't. I don't think I actually understood the connotations that come with being an America fan until maybe like 10, 15 years ago, and that's like barely scratching the surface. And then maybe Twitter came around, and then I understood, you know, because there are a lot of you know as as AJ is going to tell us about the nineteen twenties, right? There's so many different layers. <laughs> I mean, there's layers to all the clubs, right? We. And everything, um, probably you know, Chivas probably as the inverse example, just because of the, the rivalry. But there is something very interesting about that connection to America and just like its socio-political, you know, kind of realm when it comes to you know Mexican culture and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, it's el gobierno, as they say. Yeah. And the refs, that, <laughs> yeah, the refs, the Televisa money, right? Which we don't have. Anymore, oh, I remember right? hearing um, that so much. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not for not, though, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not for not. Like, we got to love our club and and also expose its, you know, its little. No, oh, yeah, of course, dirt and, and I think under the crevices. It goes to show exactly what Chris was saying, right? We're the most spoiled fan base, and our expectations only get higher as the years. Ivan, Ivan's like we're top of the table. Hey, this is the first time I've ever seen the team. This is the truth, and I'll tell you why. Because for me, what uh, you know, same as you guys, generational past passing of the baton in regards to Americanismo. 
but for but what really cemented this club for me was having having to watch them post Cotamo Blanco era when we were bottom of the league where we were losing weekend after weekend where we had players come out and say we have a defense made out of plastic uh and and a, a what did he say uh Capitan captain de chocolate chocolate yeah, captain or something chocolate like captain that. something like that yeah. you know I, I that was what cemented me the fact that i was able to because it was like why am i sitting here every weekend and watching them lose like and, and it was because i have grown the the affection and you know not a, a lot a lot of people and some of you may be listening to this a lot of you left during that time all right some of you left uh now I'm saying not all of you, but, right? But for them, some some people did. Uh, and as soon as we started coming back and winning ways, then all of a sudden I saw a lot more Americanismo coming out the closet. But I will say this: having those those struggling times, having those times of difficulty, that is what makes me be the Americanista that I am today, and hence why I have such big expectations because I've seen what we look like at the bottom. And I know that the ceiling can only go higher than that. So that's why I'm always a little bit like, I know we can do better because I've seen the worst of it, you know. And now that we're doing much better than I ever imagined we were going to do when I was a kid watching those games week in and week out with my with my dad, that it's kind of like, okay, let's let's take it up a notch. Let's take it up even more. So let's go one more time. And for me, that's, that's what cemented it all. Because, you know, I, I think the Americanista is a lot more different than any other sports fan out there, right? Because the way I see it, I feel like a lot of us back up our players in the sense that we we feel like we can take on the world, rightfully so, right? I say put America in the real Champions League. I feel like we can do something, right? And some people will be like, you're crazy. That's that's unrealistic expectations. I mean, we're not sheriffs, you know, so calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Some would argue we are. <laughs> because it goes to this, look, Chris said, to, to me, America is the biggest club in the world. No, no Ronaldo, no Benz, Bale, Neymar, Suarez, none of the Messi have anything against my Cuauhtémoc Blanco, my Piojo Lopez, and Clever. And I feel like that's that's the same mentality I have. Like, I will say, uh, if you tell me to name my best starting 11 of any player I've ever seen in the world, Cuauhtémoc Blanco makes it for sure. And, like, I feel like he can go up toe-to-toe with anyone. Right? I mean, Fine, Blanco go toe-to-toe with anyone. But I think, I think it speaks to the, the level of deepness to this fandom that it took us about 20 minutes to mention the greatest Americanista, Anista, greatest Americanista and greatest three player that ever lived. You know, like it's it's 20 minutes. It really does speak to the richness of this of this club. Right. And I mean, I think for me, Cuauhtémoc, like like I I think he he is like the embodiment of the Americanista. Right. It's like the the brash, like in your face loudness of it, too. Right. And like his narrative, too, like the fact that he came from Tepito to play at the biggest club is like, I mean, it's 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 you you just it's so easy to buy into that. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, and, and and I do think that Guatemala really had he left earlier, he could have really done great things. And 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 I, I yeah, I mean he was sort of a a man before his time, so to speak. You know. I, I believe so. I believe For so. Sure. Even and, his and- even his farewell game, it's like I, I I wrote about it. It's a I wrote about it when I was like in college, I believe, and it was a 
it's a poorly written thing, but I still go back to it sometimes because it's like, that is what Guatemo Blanco was. Like, he was like almost magic in a sense. And this is a game that he plays for like, ha- I don't know how many minutes he ended up playing. I think he played the whole uh, first half. Uh, no, t- no, 30 almost minutes. Like 20, 30 minutes. 20, 30 minutes. 30 minutes and almost scores a golazo. Like, I was so mad when that ball didn't go in because I'm like, that is Guatemo. Like, that is just, that is, if you ever need to see anything from his beginning and from his, from his ending, like, that is it. That is just who he is as a player. And his personality, you know, just like like you said, like his essence, like it was a little problematic, you know. There's some misogyny it's, in there. It's, it's still there's very some misogyny in there in the in the past. <laughs> you get it in retrospect, but it was, you know, it was it was like there was this essence, there was this pride that he filled you with because of who he was, and that wasn't just America, like Bilal was saying, or so many of us say, even with Mexico, you know, and even if, when he went and he headed over to Chicago, it was still about Mexico, it was still about his love for his country and everything, and to know that that's the player that is part of your club, it just makes you like that much more proud of, of everything. Well, and the fact it's funny you mentioned the Chicago fire because so as some of you might know, I'm an LAFC fan uh, and that's solely because of <laughs> Carlos Vela, you know? Um, but before then, like the one time that I dabbled in the MLS briefly was the Chicago fire because of Guatemo, you know, I mean, like, sure. Yeah, and I have family lived in Chicago, so sure. Why not? You know, but, I mean, and just speaking to like, I, I, I think he is the emblematic figure because every Americanista has sort of tried to become or occupy that role, you know, I mean, and you see it, especially with the kids that are leaving or that have left, right? Raul you know, Jimenez uh-huh. um, and, you know, Linus. I mean, they're basically kind of like, you know, versions of Guatemoc that are not going to be Guatemoc, you know. I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we'll, like, Linus might be the second coming of Guatemala. But, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's sort of something that, not only that, but he also displayed Mexican soccer greatness at the World Cup. I mean, he gave us a Guatemala at the 98 World Cup, you know, and that amazing goal that he just, you know, scored with his left foot as, like, just diving. I don't know, like, I still don't understand the the, the physics of how that happened. Like, how did he end up in that position lying down in the middle of the air with his, like, extended, you know? Like it's just yeah. gravity defying. So, yeah. so he gave us the, gave us the uh, the six foot the six the six feet walking back goal against France. <laughs> yeah. like everything, everything about him was like both a character, but it's completely authentic. It was it was amazing to see. The goal in Confederaciones against Brazil, right? Well, that That's one, exactly. yeah. and, amazing, I, and I think what exactly what Chris said, right? One of the most important goals in Mexico history is also scored yeah. by Guatemo Blanco. So it's true. Like, and, and I will make the argument that there's only those type of players only come one in, in a generational lifetime, right? Because before Cuauhtémoc, you know, there, I mean, the argument is probably Reynoso, right? I would say Hugo Sanchez, to be honest. I mean, going back in terms of the national level. No, no, no. I meant in America. Oh, in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, in absolutely. Mm-hmm. In America, I, I want to say that it was Reynoso. I mean, obviously, you had greats, you know, after Reynoso. Yeah, Tena, right? Capitan um, Furia. Capitan Furia himself. But I think no one alluded to the, the heights the way that Reynoso did. And then comes in Cuauhtémoc Blanco. And I think... The argument can be made, but I think Cuauhtémoc Blanco is still the ultimate figure of the Americanismo. Which is... It, it says a lot about him. Like, exactly what you were saying. 
because he's not the most decorated player with us. He's not. Let's be honest. You know, he didn't win a lot. He he had a lot of his issues too off the pitch, and you know there was times where we sent him to Veracruz or Necaxa, um, but he came back always strong, and and he had something that very few people have for this club, and that is genuine love for the jersey. Mickey, have you seen anyone else come after Gotham will have the same love for the jersey? Uh, I. Personally, I would say um, no, because I feel like post Blanco, we've had like, I guess like a lot of, I don't know if I'm going to word it correctly, but we've had like icons, but I feel like Blanco was the last idol we ever had. And I feel like it's something that we currently are lacking. I feel like we don't have, like we have Ochoa and I'm always going to love Ochoa for everything he did, but I just feel like he's not at that that level of of an, as a, of an idol at least to me personally as as blanco was because i don't know like it was just um he was a difference maker and ochoa is a difference maker as well but it's not at the same like level i don't know i don't know how to explain that but yeah i feel like he's the last idol we 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 had i honestly do believe that does anyone else concur or object well i mean i i think it's I mean, I think that's sort of, I don't think we're going to in a while because, I mean, quite frankly, now it's all of our best players tend to go to Europe, you know? I mean, yeah. before, like, Guatemoc was, I think, a reason why he was such a unique case was because the bulk of his professional career was spent in Mexico, you know? And mm-hmm. he, he sort of built that, that repertoire there. And he got no worldwide because of the World Cup. But now you have, you know, the moment a kid is, like, you know, decent, like, I mean, just... Who who are the last couple of players that Ameri- that left America for Europe? You know, like I'm, I'm thinking about Minus. Who else? I'm thinking about Edson. 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 I was thinking Marchesin. Just for players, he made the move. Yeah. So Reyes left for quick. Diego Reyes, the Porto as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 you're seeing, uh, and next to this, like basically, it's. I don't want to say that this has become like the training ground for future great players because that's very disrespectful to the history of a club. But there is an element of that, especially now that soccer has become so globalized, you know, I mean, and it's not very specific to the States. I mean, you're seeing that in other countries like in Korea or in, in African countries in which players are, are basically moving to the top leagues, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that is, I think my theory as to why, you know, um, we're never really going to have another Blanco. I mean, not not to bring him up. Actually, I kind of am bringing him up just as a little bit of a troll. But a perfect example of another great of another Americanista who is going to leave his club is Ricardo Pepe. You know, Pepe is his family is is a diehard America club. You know, and he's not going to stay in Dallas very long. You know, and and that's because of the nature of the game. You know, like which is it, it creates a scenario in which like it's not necessarily good for the club to be losing your homegrown talent but it's good for the national team you know yeah so that there's sort of the relationship that where i see it where we're at now yeah and, and, and i just go go, go, make ahead, it go. go i just also go in or referring to what Fidel said i feel like players like they come in and they win a title and they're just like okay well i already did my part here like it's time yeah. to look at other challenges or whatever like nobody really wants to create a legacy for the club anymore 
And I think that that also has a lot to do with it. Like it's just like a one and done instead of like, you know, and like, for example, a team like Diaz, that's something that Diaz has been able to do is retain their talent throughout the years. And that's why they've been so successful in these past this past decade because compared to like America it's just like oh we win one and the offer comes I don't know if it's because we're a bigger market team or because we need the money I don't know what it is it's know, both but it's both yeah so yeah I'm big uh, I definitely agree with Fidel on that I mean it, it's it's the reality of it right it, and I think it's the nature of the world that we live in today and it's our fault too as because uh, you know you know we, we, we press these kids to go and challenge themselves in Europe. Um, but I guess I, I, I get the reason why I feel that mentioned it, right? There's that national team expectation as well. But, you know, that, like you mentioned, there's very few players now in day where you, I don't think you can, I don't think you ask, well, let me rephrase this. I think there's very few kids out there in this world that if you tell them you have either the option to play for America or go play for Barcelona, who are you going to pick? I promise you 9.5 times out of 10, they're going to want to go take their chances to Europe, right? Yeah. There's very, there's little to no one left that's saying, I will play for America for the entire rest of my career because I want to, because I want to build a legacy, because I, this, is, this is what I want to be. And that, that's just the football world we, we live in nowadays, right? It's the reality of it. But I would love to see someone just go from the beginnings to the ends all at america because i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i think it's also sometimes it's not the player's fault i mean edson and linus had to leave for financial reasons like i mean granted they were also good enough to head over to europe but Mm -hmm. i mean we're definitely not yeah don't get me wrong i know the club uh, yeah it's it's part after all soccer is a business so there's that component about it too so Mm -hmm. if there's theoretically a way for a player to stay and maintain that you know, that ability to, to, to grow within the system as much as possible. Obviously that'd be amazing. Um, but I think it was a, it's like Fidel says, I think it was also a product of the times. I think that, you know, someone like Guatemo, maybe in hindsight, if we had another Guatemo emerging now, we would also be making the case that, Hey, we want to show that America exports a ton of players and there's mm-hmm. our bragging rights to be able to export tons of talented, you know, uh, prospective national team stars to Europe. So it's it's a double-edged sword, right? You're gonna want to you're gonna want to come off and, and be a championship team, but you also want to have that platform on, you know, when it comes to the national team. And I think it's I think it's kind of forming in that sense right now too. You, you know, Henry Martins did fantastic in the Olympics, right? Cordova is also doing well with the national team. So it, you know, I think it I think it depends on how you look at it. But for the time being, anyway, it's still the winningest team. So it, you know, they have that to to kind of cushion themselves and you know support themselves. Kind of going into that MLS conversation, unless we turn to LA Galaxy, that still also has those bragging rights, but now has had a drought for a very significant amount of time. You know, I don't think that happens anytime soon. But wait, you mean to tell me that MLS didn't start like three years ago? <laughs> Sorry, Elias. Yeah. No, it most definitely did not. Um, but I think, I think right now, as you look into the future of America, it, it goes into, in your defense, Ivan, it goes into. All right, we stay the top of the team at the regular season, and that's fine and dandy. But what comes when you know push comes to shove, and we're in those Ligia games, which is, I think, a credible reason why people are worried about Solari. But for the most part, for right now, you're still. 
in a good place as a as a strong team. I like Salati, by the way. I, I, I don't no, mind him well, either. No, well, here, here's here, here's what I'm going to say. Look, I think it's great that we're finally getting a coach who spent time in Europe, but not at the waning like, and but is not coming at the waning eight like years of his career. I mean, I like remember, you know, uh, what's his face, uh, Ben Hacker. You know, that guy oh, was basically uh-huh. he came like basically like he he had coached like some national team and i was like i guess i'll take this job in mexico because you know and I'm, real madrid and- yeah no he last thing he came he came before going to america was saudi arabia the there he's like sure i'll give i'll give a try in mexico right? yeah like, and now we have-, we have a we have a kid uh, i'm sorry a kid i mean he's probably younger than me <laughs> he was like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, how old is somebody i don't even want to know four we will get that number for you yeah i'll get it it's okay, like he's, he, yeah, he's, he's old. Yeah, 45. He's, he's an old. I was going to say, so, he's like 40s. 45. Yeah. 45, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so it's good to finally be able to not be someone's retirement plan, rather be someone's launching pad on the coaching front, you know. And, I mean, I, I remember I we I, the last time, the first and only time I was in this podcast, I told you guys that, like, I kind of like Solati and, like, He's not going to win pretty games, but he's going to win games, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, I, I, so far so good. I mean, I do think that we are a spoiled bunch. Yeah. So we are like, like, uh, Chris uh, said earlier on in the chat, you know, we are the most spoiled fan base there is out there and that's fine. I like it like that. Let's keep it that way. Um, but talking about managers, we've had a lot of great managers come and some players that become coach managers as well. For example, let's not forget that uh, Carlos Reynoso himself and that she was the L of the lifetime in a final against them. So uh, as coaching America and uh, talking about managers, AJ, can you give us just a quick tribute here? Who is the first ever English manager to coach for Las Aguilas de la America? And no, do not say Craig Harrington. <laughs> um, no. It's actually Percy um, Clifford. He matched the team um, in two occasions from 1926 to 1927 and from 1927 to 1928. And just remember looking at the history of America match, I was just like, we had an Englishman who also played in Mexico at the time. I was called British Club before he became defunct. And then at that point, you know, he spent most of his time in Mexico and then started coaching America. I mean, unfortunately, this is the time after he didn't really win any titles. This is like during the early 1920s where we were finally getting into the league where it was starting to become uh, created. We will call it the Primera Fuerza. We were a part of it. So he came after during those times. It's just interesting to see how someone like Clifford just made his way to Mexico and they had a club. He's like, you know, I'm going to coach this team and see what it's all about. And that's one of the reasons for America. We just get a bunch of players from just all around the Americas, from around the entire world. To see someone like him just get to match a, a club like America, which were really big at the time, just winning titles um, left and right in the league, and such as well, they had to be accepted for the league. Like they were already in another league at first, and for they get accepted, like play three games, one, two, drew one. They're like, okay, you're in the league now. It's accepted. there. You go qualification. And you guys thought I was joking when AJ was gonna dive deep into the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a lot. It's it's really it's just really interesting just seeing this team. We're just winning. Tells back to back, and I, as well, we were the first um, Mexican club to ever travel outside the country, which was I think was a friendly in um, Guatemala. I think it was yep. when we traveled. Yeah, yeah, I remember those things. That's why, like every time when America goes to um, Guatemala, we call it like an aventura because they're going right back to where 
this cult first made its way over to another country. So it's just interesting. And yeah, no, just to see how their their upcomings began just in the 1960s and the 20s. It's fun as well. It's crazy as well how um, one of the coaches, player managers from America, Rafael Garza Gutierrez, nicknamed Record. One day he was with his father. They just looked at some blue shorts and a yellow shirt, and then they just come to the greens. Yeah, this is gonna be the colors of the of the team, and they're just like, so be it. Look and at that! Just two guys randomly say, you know what? Th- that looks like a good matching style. Let's go with that. You simple, little, simple, simple little patch as well, and they're just like. Perfect. And 105 years later, we have arguably the greatest. Like no one, no one's jerseys have been as great as America. Like straight up, you know, like like it's not even an argument, you know. Even with all the sponsorships, they still we still still managed to make it look real good. I had hesitations about the Home Depot one, but it's still like after a while, I got over it. Like as soon as they took the orange off, I think it worked. We 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 weren't like your um your Juarez de Chiapas or Veracruz, so they had like a bunch of sponsors everywhere. I'm just like I would not even want to buy those jerseys because of that. I only remember them as look as a FIFA at that time. Just like how many sponsors they need on that jersey, but uh, it turns out a lot. By the way, speaking of these other clubs, man, and and, and no disrespect to fans of this team which i don't imagine is that many people in within our circle yeah but i was looking at that 2002 tournament and the t- do you guys know who the top finishing club that during the regular season was no what is la piedad that? Yeah, we talk about a deep (laughs) cut, deep cut. They were number one. They were the top seed in La Liguilla, and they played against America. And America won, you know, overall six (laughs) two. You know, but yeah, it's it's. uh, Didn't they have a young a young Kikim Fonseca? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But right, like talk about a deep cut back in the day when uh, back in the day when you uh, when you had. you know, promotion relegation, you know, the good old days. <laughs> and this team is still playing to this very day. And that's yeah. still the Mako, even though when they, we say Segunda División, that's probably your third division or something, because that's the thing that always confuses you with this kind of leagues. When they name something Segunda, I'm thinking, oh, I assume it's second. They're like, no, it's another league that's like below that as well. I'm like, okay. Sure, in that sense, but I'm glad you guys make that deep cut reference because I think that you know that's it's not a lot of people hear that on your day to day podcast. So uh, (laughs) I'm glad you guys made it. I think we're just showing our age, dude. Yeah. No, no, no! I love it. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm just showing that I can use Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I love it because because I feel like America right now at the moment is only remembered from like the 2012 to now era, right? There, there isn't much talk about what happened, like those great times that I was mentioning about when America had Ruben Roman, Romano at the helm, and I was like, this guy's more worried about his smoke break than his tactics. Um, <laughs> now that's aging yourself hey, right there. Hey, don't, call, don't call me out like that. I thought this team existed in 2013, so don't be calling me out like that. Ivan. Aging, on, you look six, man. Like, you got your right. <laughs> No, but I like it because there is a lot of much more younger Americanistas that I see on the timeline. 
And I'm like, if I if I if 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 I was to throw you a name from like the 1990s, 1980s, like you, you, no one, then no one's gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 them, you know. And and even us, I, I mean, we didn't get to live the 1980s era, which is I think by far the biggest time for America, right? The 80s the were age. most the golden age, most successful. What <laughs> is the, if if I go in and ask one of you guys, you know? What do you guys know, or if anything, about the 1980s? Just something that sticks out. I'll go to Miggy first because I feel like this is uh, is gonna be cake for him. 1980s, Wait, anything? The question, 1980s. Well, I mean, I was yeah, just alive, anything. What pops I, to your head? <laughs> yes. uh, I, the one thing that pops to my head is obviously the final against Chivas because that's like the most one of the most epic, uh, you know, things of of. Uh, about being an Americanista is that we beat them in the only final that we played them. So I wish I was alive for it, but my dad would always, my dad had like the actual like videotape of that. Like he actually like recorded it on, it was on beta the max. VC, on the VCR. <laughs> he didn't have anything like, no did it over like the wedding up or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like no videos <laughs> of me growing up, but he had all those America, America videos. So yeah, I remember rewatching it with him and everything. And, and that was that was very epic. That's that's the one thing that that I I wish I would have been alive for that for sure. No, yeah, I mean, of course, right? I mean, I I, I love it. I I love the fact that you said that. I mean, does anyone else have anything else but the Chivas? Yeah, I I, I feel like this is a very huge missed opportunity, Miguel, to talk about. That that jersey, man, that design, like the the blue triangle, the one that you're wearing right now, you know, that's sort of to me what. Well, I'm wearing the eagle eye one, though. Right, but that that, that, that same that same design, yeah. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's sort of like to me, that's what the '80s, you know, over yes. the era represent, which also sort of speaks to how not alive I was during that era. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's. It was a pretty. It was a pretty jersey. I mean, I feel like a lot of that has still been inspired. Like you could see that in the one that you know Ivan is wearing right now. You see traces of its influence on like the you know triangle. So the V, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Amy, anything on the eighties? No, I wasn't alive, man. I was like a blip in the air at some point. Like I, don't, <laughs> you got you. Got, I got nothing on the eighties at all. I just I, I I just feel like, you know, I, I wanted to address them because they are pivotal. They are we aren't America without the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Great players like, you know, Cristobal Ortega, you know, just an amazing player overall. You had uh, uh correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel Barilowski, right? In in that time yeah, as well. Because he was there he was there in the um this is very peculiar. Uh, Daniel Barilowski was there, obviously, when the big earthquake happened, right, uh, in Mexico City, and he left Mexico after. He's like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not staying here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had Antonio so, Carlos Santos too. Of course, Neg- yeah, Negro Negro Santos. Carlos Santos, Le- legend on the pitch. Um, not so much on Twitter. I think he like you cannot give that man <laughs> Wi-Fi. You gave him Wi-Fi, he he goes feral on Twitter. He just argues with fans, even. With his own fans, so great. I but no, I remember. Yeah, does he think? Does he think that Ochoa should be nominated for goalkeeper of the year or not? I, I, I <laughs> should be. I know. I know. What Ivan's answer is going to be. I know what it's going to be. No, sorry, that was a, sort of an inside joke with us. That was. A, 
Those are Twitter beef that I accidentally yeah. stumbled into. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a jab at uh, a certain Colombian. Twitter oh, beef that man. I may have, um, may I may have started. You did. Maybe. You started it. <laughs> oh, you did. I saw I saw that tweet because of, I don't follow him. I saw that tweet because of you. Same. So I thought I thought <laughs> so, I am jumping on. Yo, this dude, this right, dude straight yeah. up was like, yo, I'm gonna be in LA in three weeks. You know, and I was like, okay, cool. Meet me in Temecula, bro. Like, you know, like, you're, you're going to fight me? Like, okay. <laughs> like, and, Jesus. I'm not going to lose my job for for this clown. No, here. of course. So it's just. I'll smack him, though. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry for diverting the conversation. But, you know, and again, going back to this whole, this whole idea that this club is so rich in history, like, I like I just keep thinking of players that we haven't even talked about. I mean, Saga, for example, you know. Yeah. You, you know, like Luis Garcia, you know, like players that were staples in the in the Mexican national team that were part of, of Medica during during the nineties, you know. And I, I think that like this there's so many great players, you know, um, that, that wore that jersey that you can speak on, you know. Like kind of Yeah, the know, list yeah. The, the list goes on. I mean, people people I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it when um, uh, Americanismo Twitter goes on and they start naming their most ideal starting eleven, and I'm like, okay, one of you guys, no one, no one put in Alfredo uh, Alfredo Tena, no one, no one put in Cristobal uh, uh, um, Ortega, like no one put in, you know, uh, Reynoso, no one ever puts in Reynoso, like yeah. hardly ever. I, I'm just like mind blown. I'm like, did you guys not YouTube him? All right, see the goal he scored against Boca Juniors. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting is that like, even even players that aren't like super impactful, like somehow have make a very memorable case depending on how they play with America. Like for me, and I was looking this up before we started recording. Like Volso for me is like a memorable America player. And he wasn't even around for that long. Like, I don't know. There's just something about like the marketability of this team. Also, I think that if you're going to compare it, obviously, to like other popular counterparts, I think what's very interesting about the team, I would argue maybe in present day, Leon is probably a little bit more unless you or maybe even Tigres in that sense. But there is something very interesting about America's ability to kind of balance out pretty well, depending on who you talk to, this foreign base with national team pride players and kind of just creating a very good team most of the time. I would I would agree with Miggy. Maybe Tigres in the last decade or so has probably done it better, but it's probably more foreign base for them. But I think America still somehow captivates the national team attention while also showing off their ability to bring in foreign talent and just, you know, continue to be such a top club. Case in point, Ivan Zamorano, right? You know, I mean, he yeah, he was part of that that club of that that team that won the 2002 title, and also, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many foreign players, you know, and, and like that's what sort of gets me about the conversation around Aguilas versus Chivas, right? Well, Chivas is a Mexican team. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, technically, you have all Mexicans there, but there's also a nationalism point there that was made blatantly obvious within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's sure. That's your identity. Kudos to you. You know, <laughs> like, like, I, I don't want to say it's a gimmick because it's not, but it's, it, it's, I mean, like, again, going back to the, like, just think how wild it was for two, like, top African players to be playing in Mexico in the nineties, you know, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways they were kind of 
ahead of their times from other clubs, you know? I mean, it's Definitely. like, that is so wild to me. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you guys all make that great point. I think, like we mentioned, right? There's just so many names. Like, like we, like we just talked Cotomo Blanco for like ten minutes. We could have dedicated that man three hours, and we still wouldn't have finished the whole conversation, right? Like, like the, there is, and that's the the thing about America. It's 105 years of nothing but amazing history. Like, there's there's glory embedded in these colors now because of what everyone has done from. Percy Clifford, you know, taking taking a chance on America coming from England uh, all the way to now where we see, you know, America fighting for that 14th title. There is just so much to unpack that it's just the reality of it. it it's it's almost impossible to do it in, in, at a certain time frame. But I do want to ask this. I want to go around the room and quickly ask, uh, you know, two things, right? One, who in all the years that, you know, whether you saw them play or you didn't see them play, but to you, who is, for you, your favorite America player? And Christian, I mean, uh, AJ, I think you already, you're going to answer that one with Chucho Lopez, but uh, you can't do that for this one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, and, and my second question is, if you had to name uh, a certain moment in the America history in these 105 years that you could only describe to one person as, you know, when they tell you, oh, what, what moment defines America? I want you guys to pick me one moment. That is not, that is not the Cruz Azul, America Cruz Azul final in 2013. And that is not the America versus Chivas final in the 80s. So I'll throw it to you first, Fidel. Give me your favorite player of all time in an America jersey and that defining moment. It's you. not even close. It's not only my favorite player in an America jersey, <laughs> it's Patemo Blanco. You know, I mean, I feel like it, it's, he was just so exciting and he was very much the Mexican player, you know, and, and I mean, to this day, like, just he's incomparable in terms of like, character personality and all these and and it did like to me it, it did signify the american like philosophy right of like talk your shit you know like talk a big game and hopefully you back it up with the goals and if not at least you looked really cool doing it, you know yeah um yeah. and and in terms of of the the moment that i would describe you know I, i'm glad you didn't mention the 2002 final because i'm gonna touch on that again because it really was like 10, 12 years in the making, you know, and it really was just watching my dad, like watch this team Sunday in and out and like just be frustrated by how good this team was and they could never really, you know, make it happen. And then it did. And it, it felt like it, it, it felt like the floodgates of emotion opened up and it was like, oh, this is what fandom is like. You know, so that that <laughs> yeah. that that to me is is that especially like as a Cowboys fan, I, I it's the only time I've ever really won anything as like rooting for a team that won <laughs> anything was like that team. It was like finally sports are validating, you know, the stupid one way relationship that I have. For I see. I know. I like it. I like it. Amy, what is uh your player and defining moment? 
I'm going to do two. I mean, obviously, Cuauhtémoc Blanco. I know it's an easy cop-out answer, but it's just, it's tried and true, like just an amazing player. And then for right now, I would say Raul Jimenez. I think Raul Jimenez was a special player when he was at America. I think he's still a special player now. I think he had a few, you know, we've always said it. He he couldn't find his form really in the early parts of Europe. But when you started seeing him over at Wolves and you just seen how he plays, it, it reminds you of that kid that was at America and it makes you so happy. So I would say those two. And then I'm ki- I'm going to kind of cheat because I'm not going to mention 20, the 2013 final. But I think for me, a, an important moment for America, and we didn't even get to touch on him, was Piojo Herrera as the manager, just who he was. And that final led him to get the national team job and then taking a very pro-America team to go do the playoffs against New Zealand. I think that is such a huge moment to understand what America was. It's a little bit of a cop-out because that final in in you know in a sense influenced that, right? And it's that that connection with the national team that we keep going back to about what this team means. But I think that's what it is. It's like it was it's this team that like for some reason, for whatever reason, even if they're like super good or super bad, means a lot to both club and country. You know, that's why I think it's a very interesting dynamic where I think right now, maybe when it comes to Chivas fans, they kind of go, oh, club over country all the time. And I don't think you can really do that with America as much, depending on who you talk to, depending on the generation. But for me, I think that was a hugely defining moment because that final led to him coming and kind of being like this messiah for the national team after struggling time and time again in the qualifiers. And then essentially, you know, doing it with a primarily America squad. Doing it yeah, with that no. goal, with that Chilena by Raul Jimenez, you know. Oh, wow. um, but that, that uh, also, epic. I know that we're not supposed to be talking about that final, but the one thing that we didn't mention, I mean, that final gave us one of the greatest Mexican yes. gifts in history. <laughs> in, of all time, okay. seriously. But, no, but you have to understand, it's not even the, it's not even the, the original gift. It is the it's, Super, it's Super Saiyan. Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Right. Yeah, which is, is also, is which is also very gift. Mexican. Dragon Ball Z Super is Mexican. Mexican you know? <laughs> <laughs> Piccolo is like a full blown Mexican. All right. I love it. I love these answers. Uh, Miggy, you're up next. Um, for me, my favorite player, um, of all time in America jersey is always going to be Cabañas. Um, it's just the time that, you know, he was unfortunate to not have, be surrounded by a, a very good team, you know, but like, could you imagine how good we would be if we had a guy like Cabañas up front right now? Like, oh it's, he was just a difference maker, man. He was, he was incredible, man. He was just, it was unfortunate what happened to him, but yeah, for, forever that he's going to be my favorite America player. And a moment that defines Americanismo that I would show someone. I think it is an underrated moment too. Is the the semifinal in the Conca Champions against Herediano, the second leg after we lost the first one to zero. Yes. Because yes. even though the team that we one. played against maybe is wasn't the best or maybe it wasn't a great great team, there's very few teams in the world I would say that can come back from a three 0 the way America did. Oh. So I think that's one of the most like underrated moments in in America's history. I love it. I love it. AJ, also, you look hurt over there. Gonna quickly interrupt AJ for one quick second because I was actually thinking of this. So this is this is kind of cheating because I'm looking at the comments, but I wouldn't say he was my favorite player. But I think Edman Viet is also a pretty iconic player for America too. I mean, he's oh, yeah, he's in definitely. there. He's in there for sure. I, I couldn't put him as my favorite because he popped up when you're like who are like your favorite players, but I wouldn't say he's like my favorite player, but he's definitely. 
He's definitely up there. He's also, definitely how, there. How, how can we forget about Pavel Pardo, who oh, won the Bundesliga with Stuttgart? Pavel Pardo, Pavel Pardo for me is number two after Galatas yeah, for sure. Know, I was actually going to go with Pavel, but Chava just. They're just yeah, you got to go with Chava. Yeah. All right, AJ, I'm sorry. Nah, you're good. AJ, hold up. I want to go with you next, <laughs> but we're not, not yet. Just hear me out first, because before I throw it to you, I want to throw it to uh, someone else first. Um, now, I feel like we've had quite the star-studded uh, panel today, right? We've had Fidel, Miggy, Amy. Uh, AJ, you, I'll throw you in there as well. Um, <laughs> the reality is, it feels like it definitely has been a Met Gala of sorts, right? The only thing is, you feel like, what really would top it all off is a cowboy, right? Just to kind of round up everything here. And to do so, we got our very own cowboy himself, Dylan Jimenez, who is here to share us just a little bit of what the Americanismo means to him, some of his favorite moments, favorite players. So take it away, Dylan. Wait a minute. This isn't the right jersey. Sorry, guys. Hold on. Well, almost there. Right sport. Wrong jersey. Third time's a charm, though, right? Let's try again. And there we go. Finally, in my Club America jersey. Just wanted to say thank you all so much for coming on and talking all things Global America um, and celebrating the 105th anniversary. I'm going to start by showing my one of my favorite goals. I've always talked about the 2013 and the club winning that title against Cruz Azul. But, you know, I'm going to change it up a little bit. But this goal right here, when Cecilio Dominguez chipped Saldivar in that uh, classical Capitolino game, it's just engraved in my mind. And, you know, just to see Cecilio, you know, stare down Saldivar and, you know, just chip him. You know, it's just perfect for me. But here we go. Cecilio! Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. And now that you've seen the goal, you know, just again, thanks so much, guys, for being here. You know, what it means to be an Americanista is, you know, just. You know, not necessarily being able to be here with y'all, because obviously I'm at work right now, so you're having this video. But just being able to be here, uh, talk to y'all about Blue America, you know, be able to talk about the club, being able to have this platform to talk about it and to share the passion, the experiences, you know, especially going to games here in the state, just seeing the Bora and, you know, everybody just uh, having a good time, grand old time in the times that I've been able to cover the team. Uh, just sharing those experiences is what makes me excited to be a Medicanista. And plus, they have one more than Dallas Cowboys have in a couple of years. So, <laughs> but a different story. But again, thank y'all so much for being on. Um, shout out to Ivan, you know, helping me start this podcast. Shout out to Christian AJ, who've helped, you know, carrying along, you know, um, uh, with us too. But we'll catch y'all on the flip side. And that is our beloved <laughs> cowboy himself. Yeah, That's one too lot. many cowboy. I uh, felt that in my bones. References. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was cowboy references for me in one. It's box. funny because I actually was like wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. I was like, oh crap, I need to put something really quick. So I switched to to a Mexico hat. Um, I was hoping he also, would do Also, Cecilio Dominguez. So many oh, players. Oh, <laughs> I miss him. 
I know, but yeah, I was hoping he'd, he'd share a little bit of his angelic voice with us, but I had, had enough time for that. But yeah, thank you to uh, Dylan for putting that together. Um, he was just trying to live up to his idol female right here. So yeah, he was trying to impress. Man, Dylan, I love you, man, but you need you need better better idols, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Aim higher, homie. <laughs> Shea Serrano's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is uh another part of the UI podcast and this Americanismo. But AJ throwing it back to you now. I need to know who is your go-to player and who what moment is ingrained as the Americanismo for you? This is really tough because I'm an Americanista fan. Like I started watching this team from 2013 to now. Like look throughout the times, like we've had players come and go. I feel like honestly, maybe this is only my favorite player. I feel like no one else's. It's gonna have to be Pipa Benedetto. Every time I remember his first season at America, he was just scoring goals left and right. Just we, he was that go-to man that we looked at whenever we needed the goals in this time. And then the one thing I always remember him when it's my favorite moment. It's that Montada and the Estadio Azteca against Herediano back in um 2015. We were down 3-0. I remember watching that first leg, and I was like thinking it's done. And my dad's like, it's not over yet. We have we have the second leg, and then watching that with a bunch of of his Americanista friends at um at a friend's home. Remember Quintero starting? Oh, I'm just like, okay, we can do something now. He scored the first goal, and from there, Pipa just comes in with four goals in the span of twenty something minutes. And at that point, I'm just like, he's our Lord and Savior. This man <laughs> just come made the comeback, and then at that point, I remember just Helviano plays look on their face. They're like. We just blew a 3-0 lead in just 25-something minutes. It just happened. And then from there, the rest is history. Just I feel like Amy touched upon this top puzzle, how you can get foreign players to be playing in America. And then from there, you have to get them attention and you export them. Because right with people, right after, he got his move to Boca Juniors. And from there, he finally got to go to Marseille and get to finally play where he always wanted to be, which is to make his way in Europe. But just I remember that. Concaf match just and we lifted that trophy as well because of people in it though. Seven goals in three game in three games in Concacaf as well. That's incredible. And that's like a guy I feel like I'll never see anyone in Concaf or in an America just they could do something like him. Also just the heads as well. Heavyana really let Widow Diaz score out of all people on them. Widow <laughs> Diaz. I remember that. But no, people he's always gonna be my go my favorite player, honestly, in an America jersey. He's right there with you. I would have put Chucha, but I haven't experienced him enough to really say he's my favorite player. But his player does I have. Definitely, I will always um, love him for that. Definitely agreed. Definitely agreed in that sense that he was pivotal for that run in that Champions League. Um, <clears throat> well, I love it. I love all you guys' answers. I think they were very much... What What's I'm your answer, Ivan? Percent. That's right. He, he, uh, wait, before everyone, he goes, I'm going to go with... Uh... Americanista goalkeeper, so probably <laughs> no, uh, Osvaldo, Osvaldo Sanchez. Oh, God. <laughs> People forget no. he was in an America for, no, yeah, for a hot yeah, second. Yeah, he was. He was, he was, he was, yeah. he was terrible. He was yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. It's Armando Navarrete, right, Ivan? That's there your goal. Go. That's the your legend. The, the legend course. himself. Uh, no, of course. Everyone already knows my answer, and it's always forever going to be Ochoa. Um, 
I mean, I, I can talk about Ochoa for about four to six hours nonstop. <laughs> Ochoa but, was yeah. part of my uh, was part of my when you could embed YouTube videos on your MySpace MySpace page uh-huh. Uh-huh. and videos of Guardado because I just I enjoyed him as a player and of Ochoa highlights of Ochoa with the you go. with the techno music in the background. <laughs> exactly the I'm staple sorry. music. To this day, to this there are a few. No, actually, there are a lot of things that I won't let go of, but. Soccer related, there there are a few things that I that I will forever like. I will carry this grudge in my heart until the day that I die, and and it's it's Aguirre benching Ochoa for Conejo Perez, and to me that is just like I mean he could have been great at a European club. I remember the rumors he was going to go away, and then Aguirre did him dirty like this. Nah, man. So. Anyway, I will never let go yes. of that. I will never forgive him for that. La Volta and Guau, we got we got beef all yeah. everywhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's that's why I'm club first over country because national teams always done my players dirty. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, Ochoa is always gonna be uh, my idol for life. And there's an Ochoa poster back there you guys can't see, um, but yeah, he is forever going to be my player. Um, but for me, the moment that I would show someone would be the most epic, and, and I feel like America is history is just embedded with remontadas after remontada. Uh, but the biggest comeback that I ever witnessed as as a kid growing up, the Maracanazo in the Libertadores. That's against, right. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, Salvador Reyes, Chava, you know, I, I, what a game he had. I mean, spectacular. And Ochoa too. He balled out. Like it was, it was in that era where Ochoa and Cabañas were bailing us out. Like we had, we had Rodrigo Inigo in defense. Okay, <laughs> like that, that just goes to show you everything. Like that is for me going to be the game. Like, could you imagine what we would have been able to do if Ochoa and Cabañas were playing with like more compatible players? Like for example, right now, like it, it really would have been epic. So for me, it's that. Yeah, I feel like the the year that Cabañas had his accident, I think we were gonna win the ship that year. I I, I feel like we would have, but unfortunate. Yeah. I I remember. So I was I was working at a time at, for this little blog um, called Wannabe, and uh, it was basically like a Gawkerish affiliated site. It was for Latinos, and I remember when that when that when that happened. You know, we we got we were amongst the first people to publish that image in the in the u.s which you know in hindsight is like oh that's actually really messed up you know but but it was like a story that was so big that i remember like that's been picked it up you know so it was just sort of a yeah that was so wild to me you know um yeah it's it's yet another of like what could have been right it was sort of yeah, uh, yeah. which is which you do get a lot a lot of with america you know i mean obviously it, it's like we are talking about 105 years and 14 titles. There are there are a lot of years where there are no titles, you know. And and still, I mean, this team is look. It's the reason why we're all here from you know literally three states. You know, New York, Texas, and California. It's this, this stupid club. Yeah, <laughs> and all of the states. Club, in I call it a stupid club because it's like, you know. But is it no disrespect? It's it's no, with no, heart. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. You it's, say that about things you really love. Yeah, it's my stupid club, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the reality of it, right? America is just always going to be America, and 
it's just the reality of it. So I'm I'm glad you guys all were able to come and share your moments. I don't want to keep you guys any longer. Whilst we could speak on on this club for for days and hours and weeks, uh, I know we all have uh, other things to do. But I just want to say thank you from the bottom of, of all of our hearts here at the Eagle Eye Podcast for joining us, guys. Uh, and continue to do what you guys are doing because you guys are killing it and you guys are representing America in the highest of fashion, not just in in the Liga Mekis English community, but in your everyday life as well. So thank you to all of you guys for putting in the hard work, for doing what you guys are doing. And... Before we go, I do want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you guys by Foot Cult. And if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check out footcult.com. Mm-hmm. Miggy can attest to this. Uh, some amazing stuff going on. Some amazing gear going to be dropping very, very soon. And for all of that, you guys can get 10% off by using discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. Again, that is discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. Again, thank you to Foot Cult for sponsoring today's episode. All righty then. Any last final words or thoughts before we wrap it up here? The only, if we were asking questions about like one thing you remember about the A's, I mean, the only thing I really know about the A's is just this jersey that my dad got me. Of the <laughs> I remember that. So he's like, the A's, I was like, it's this jersey, right? That's the only he's the A's. He's like, yeah, it was like pretty dope jersey. Loved it. it Look, that's the same one that I got right here and the one that Miggy's wearing. So I don't know where the inspiration came from. It's yeah. from this 1980s school America jersey. Look at that. I just love how your closing thought, AJ, is something that when you walked away, (laughs) legitimately, almost verbatim. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, it's iconic, man. What can you say about it? Yeah. uh, I also failed to say, and I want to say it before we close it out, another fantastic moment of America triumphing and, and doing its thing was America Feminine winning their title against Tigres away. Oh my God. In a PK shootout. And we got our own, and we got a legacy that's going to continue on with Feminine. So definitely. And any, anytime, anytime Monterrey or Tigres fans lose, you know, it makes me really happy. I, uh, you know, we were, we, were talk, we, were, we were talking about generational, right? So like my brother has triplets and uh, my brother is like a die. It's two boys and one girl. And like, my brother's like a diehard Americanista fan, but my sister-in-law's family are Tigres fans, right? And uh, look, as an uncle, I, I'm not supposed to say this, but I have a favorite, you know? But unfortunately, <laughs> that kid is a Tigres fan, so I'm going to have to reconsider my power rankings, you know? And it's also sad because, like, you know, shout out to moms who had had to endure fandom, you know? And it really isn't... An, it's, endurance you know like like my mom was really heartbroken when she found out that her her favorite which she would never say but let's be real that's her favorite <laughs> it became an americanista and like i remember she was telling me this story when like he he was like telling her was like oh i'm a club america fan you know as a four-year-old a five-year-old and she was so heartbroken it's like damn that's another generation i lost this stupid club <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome. I'm glad that you also really to, that, to add in on that America Feminine. Um, let it be not that they is for anything. Imagine losing a final at your home stadium to America. We're the only team to ever do that as well. So you could write all you want is like imagine losing a final at your own home. And plus as well, just America Feminine, just so many memories they brought for me. Lucero Cuevas, Dani Espinosa, Cas Cuevas, just at the very beginning of the Liga Feminine, just scoring goals for fun left and right. There was a point where we scored around 50-something goals, I felt like I think it was like in the season. We were just scoring goals left and right. And just so many fond memories. 
other team. And I'm just hoping that, you know, we lift our second tile soon enough and we continue to just win tiles left and right. So I'm just grateful for being that mate. Ganista, I mean, just that be supporting two amazing teams on the Varonina and the Feminine side of things. I'm grateful for it. I love it. I love it. Well, Miggy, any last words? Uh, no. Well, just thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it uh, being out here with everybody. Finally, get to talk to Fidel for a little bit. I know we interact a lot on the timeline, but it's nice to meet another another nine five six bro and Amelia. As always, it's always cool. And yeah, thank you all for having us and. Look forward to doing this again. For 106. 100. <laughs> we're, we're already planning it. We're planning the drop for 106 already. <laughs> there you go. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's going to yes, be, gonna as the kids special. call it, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Pura fuego. <laughs> Look, uh, at the end of the day, I just want to say thank you because for me, the Americanismo is exactly this, what we're doing right now. Uh, talking about the club, uh, being in good company. Uh, and, and really being part of the community, right? I, I think we've established something in English that uh, I think was well overdue. Uh, and, and I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to mix it up a little bit. And, and, and I love it, the fact that, you know, we're talking not just the men's, but the women's side of things too, which is very pivotal going forward. Uh, and, and, I, and I love it. I love every second of it, uh, you know. Who would have thought just because of an app, we'd be able to do the things that we do today. Uh, so thank you to all of you, uh, you know, that are here in today's panel and in, in the comment section and to everyone that's listening to this uh thank you from the bottom of my heart for accepting us and and for letting us be a part of this awesome and amazing community so with that said you guys have a wonderful time stay safe out there we'll be back next week to talk all things aguilas de la america both men and women's as well and uh yeah thank you to our great and wonderful guests you guys can follow them on twitter uh where is it that you guys can be followed at amy i know you have your handle right there um uh, but uh, Miggy and Fidel, please let us know. Uh, I am at Fidmart85, which is basically the first three letters of my name, the last three letters of my last, four last letters of my last name, and the year I was born. Yeah, it's a I'm old. Yeah, I'm an old guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, Am I the oldest one here? God damn it. <laughs> Mayor, I think you might be. <laughs> you might be. You might Just be barely. Just barely. Just still young in spirit. Yeah, that's not always a good thing. <laughs> uh, but no, thank thank you guys so much for having me. I I, I uh, obviously I, I'm I, like I'm really it it really brings my heart joy to know that not only is there a community for Club America and and like La Liga MX and for you know El Tri, but it, it, it I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's this this forsaken app, right? There are some good things about it. I mean, that's how I know all of you. You know, and I feel yeah. like really is like I, I think the big takeaway here is that this fandom is a community, you know. So. It very much is. I love it. Miggy, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at, at Miggy Stardust. Uh, repli- uh, replace the two G's with the number 66. And if that's too complicated, you can just follow Foot Cold at Foot Cold. There it is. Make sure you guys all Foot Cold for some amazing stuff. All right. <clears throat> with that said, all of you guys, please be safe out there. Wear your mask. Be responsible. We'll be back next week to talk again, like I mentioned, all things like in America. Until then, take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Y ya. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. 
Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.